Oh, my lord, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, yes, I would. <laughs> I would suck his dick. <sighs> so what are you ladies discussing? Um... <clears throat> Books? Welcome to the Nerd Blitz Book Club! Pull up a seat and pull down your pants. Listen to us read and go on rants. Hey gang, thanks for joining us this week for the Nerd Blitz Book Club. I'm Doom. And I'm Fitz. And we're back with chapters 9 and 10 of Star Wars Dark Disciple by Christy Golden. Right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, got, you got quiet on me for a second. It's like, oh shit, did I lose him? No, sorry, I started reading <laughs> the chapter again. <laughs> <laughs> the same shit I do when we're reading the Scooby comic. Uh-huh. Supposed to be talking to us like, uh-huh. La, 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 la. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. After last week when uh, Voss started having his crisis, or what seems like a crisis, we um, open up on, again, level 1313. Yeah, a lot which, happens. As I said... That's, that's been referenced like three times so far in this book of stuff going yes. down in 1313. And it's like... They keep fucking mentioning 1313, and it keeps making me think, God damn, I wish that game would have happened. Yeah. Because apparently 1313 is a great fucking place for stories. A lot of shit happens there. Mm -hmm. And apparently it's humongous. Like, later on in this chapter, I think, is um, they talk about Ventress's ship is yeah. docked in 1313, and there's actually, like, holes in the burrowed into the planet that are like shafts that go into level 1313 that ships can fly out of so like they don't yeah. even they don't even have to to leave the planet from the surface they could leave from level 1313 they can come and go like traffic comes and goes into the core of the planet Isn't that fucked up i mean look at the surface of the planet it's gotta be yeah like height wise i mean like it must be you know when you're like i originally thought like all these levels these underworld levels they must yeah. they must be like, you know, just a few stories maybe tall. Yeah. But that's given some of the stuff they talk about in this chapter like I that must be like you can't even see the top. Like you can't see the 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 up the, the bottom of the level above you. Yeah. Like it's like you're looking up into the sky on the surface. Which that there, I mean, holy shit. Yeah. So how big must this planet be? That's a fucking mind bender right there. That's the type of shit You'll go insane trying to figure out. Because it's like, think of our our planet, and the further you go up, the harder it is to breathe. 
Think about how fucking hard it is to breathe on the surface. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they have, like, artificial uh, atmosphere and all that kind of shit going on. Well, I mean, in the old continuity, they used to talk about all the time how it they controlled every single aspect of the atmosphere on Coruscant. Oh, right. Like, they, they like, changed the weather the and stuff. Sun. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, they even brought the sun up and down when they needed it and wanted it. Oh, really? Because they, yeah, like, I think it was some sort of, like, reflector system, I think, because mm. there was just so much packed on the planet and shit, and some parts of it wouldn't get sun because of the how big it was, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So they would, like, control the sun, too. Wow. I was like, holy shit. Well, yeah, and that makes me think, I wonder if they have a reflector systems so that they can get sunlight into the lower levels you know if they can i mean they would almost have to yeah. wouldn't they because well i mean i always thought like that it was just you know just perpetually nighttime in the in the inner cores but but who knows maybe there are ways that some of those levels get sunlight yeah giant mirrors and shit yeah so yeah that's it to to think about the logistics of this planet that'll fucking drive you insane well yeah i mean it's obviously like so impossible that this could even exist <laughs> well i mean yeah but, but apparently yeah, it, so are lightsabers but come on it's fun to think about oh yeah i wish i had a fucking lightsaber shit wouldn't it be awesome it'd be fucking amazing there was dennis miller had a bit before he became a total fucking crackpot like when he <laughs> was actually funny uh <laughs> it was i can't remember the joke but it involved uh slicing bologna with a lightsaber at a deli or some shit Okay. It was fun. I mean, it sounds fucking stupid, but it was funny the way he said it. Yeah. Like if, like if, like if we, like if lightsabers were were real and and people people in our world had them, they'd be fucking using them for stupid shit like slicing lunch meat and you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's true. You know, there'd be videos on YouTube of people trying to shove a lightsaber up their ass or something. I don't think that'd be a very good idea. No, it wouldn't be, but you know there's fucking idiots out there that would do it. I mean, there's motherfuckers that put... It wouldn't even be a good idea to shove the handle up your ass. Totally, but I mean, there's people out there that fucking put Roman candles and shit in their ass. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Sounds like they need to be Darwin Award winners. <laughs> no shit. I mean, you ever hear that one episode of, I think it was Smodcast, where Kev was talking about the dude who put a jar... <laughs> A jar in his ass and Oh, yeah. Glass ass, or whatever the name of that video was. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I never watched it because I watched just... it. It was fucked up. <laughs> I watched that. I watched the uh, Mr. Hand video. That's fucking sincerely nope. disturbing. Like, that's one of the more... Never most seen disturb- that either. <sighs> I was like, oh, no shit. No shit the guy died. God damn. The horse had a good time, though. So, yeah, Obi-Wan and Voss meet in a bar. (laughs) (laughs) We go from we go from talking about hardcore bestiality videos to um, back to Star Wars. (laughs) Uh, That was a fucking hell of a leap, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. So anyway, back on level 1313, Voss is uh, meeting up with this mystery man at a diner. 
turns out turns out that the guy in the hooded cloak with the mask on and everything and the synthesized voice and shit it's obi-wan come to check on him and i'm guessing he's in his uh his bounty hunter persona from those episodes of the clone wars where he was undercover yeah that's what it seems like rako hardeen oh yeah that was his name wasn't it i was fucking reading this trying to think of what that dude's name was yep rako hardeen i think that's his name i'm pretty sure that's it if it's not sue us or not, please don't. Yeah, don't. Well, I guess you could. You're not going to get anything, so. Nope. You'll get all of our camping trip money, which, <laughs> which go ahead, you're not going to get anything. <laughs> <laughs> Plug! Um, Obi-Wan tells him you're late, and Voss tells him you're impatient, and Obi-Wan tells Voss that the council's been putting pressure on him to get Voss to get off his ass and you know yeah so it makes you so it makes you wonder how much time has actually passed we said in the last episode like that those training montages and the bounty hunt montages show you that time has passed but yeah this this makes you wonder like how much time has actually passed if the council's like this guy's not fucking showing results fast enough well I got the feeling that it you know especially after that piece where it talks about, you know, he almost blew his cover one time. That makes it feel like there's been a lot of other times that they've, you know, done jobs and pulled jobs together. Mm-hmm. So it feels like, you know. I mean, it's got to be months been, at least, right? I was going to say at least a couple months. Which this is another case of like the really flexible time in uh, in the Clone Wars era. And this this sort of makes me feel like maybe this could be the cliffhanger between you know episodes like Voss in the uh ship and then we jump to this where he's in the bar with obi-wan mm-hmm. i'm wondering if maybe that's where the break was in the episodes could be but it's still not fucking clear yeah well it could be like um yeah like they they do the the episode recap you know at the beginning of the the, the tom kane voiceover um last yeah. time you know he does the little uh, fuck. I don't yeah, know what you yeah, would call it. You know, you know what I'm saying. Like tell, saying like events that have happened previously right, right on the Clone Wars. Yeah. Well, it was never that blatant, but it, yeah, it would be it would be almost like a crawl, but uh, visualized. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that, and then it and then it fading into this meet meet up at the diner. Mm-hmm. I could totally see that. Which I'm I'm gonna tell you and everybody else right now. I'm going to spend a lot of this time a lot of time during this book trying to figure out where the episode breaks are. <laughs> Cuz I need to know because god damn it, I wish these were episodes. Yeah, it would have been nice. Um so anyways, Voss lets Obi-Wan know that he finally got in good with her and their partners. Lets him know that they've been working together and making shit tons of money. Huh. And then he asks Obi-Wan if he gets to keep the money after the mission. Yeah, there was, there was some more good uh, back and forth between them. Which, once again, holy shit, I wish they would do a book of these two, written by Golden, because this is golden. Yeah, I mean, it could it could even be, you know, it doesn't even have to be during this time period. It could be prior to episode two. Yeah. You know, it could be... Just something to color in their relationship, because, I mean, in that episode of The Clone Wars with Voss, he talks about how he hasn't seen obi-wan in a little while because he's like huh temple life treating you well 
So yeah, there's a there's a story there somewhere. Yeah. Well before the Clone Wars. And probably as you said before episode two. So I would like to see that again written by Christy Golden because I mean look at the Star Wars timeline, the new Star Wars timeline. There ain't jack shit between Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace, other than that um, Obi-Wan and Anakin comic, which I haven't read. Yeah, I haven't read it either. So, yeah, there's. I'm wondering if maybe there is a meeting between Voss and Obi-Wan in there, but you would think we would have heard about it. Yeah, I haven't heard much about that series, actually. I think the first trade. Me either. The first trade's coming out um, this week, I think. So, it's been out for at least six or eight months. Wasn't that just a miniseries? Oh, was it just a miniseries? Okay, well, the collected book is coming out this week, then. But yeah, I want more of these two, because they're good together. We basically just get a recap of what's supposed to be happening, what he's supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. It feels like his, as I keep saying, his existential crisis keeps getting closer and closer to the surface, especially here, because you can sort of see him falling for the She-Witch. Like, right here where he's... After he meditates, I guess, after Obi-Wan leaves, right? Yeah, Obi-Wan leaves him's like, get your shit together and hurry it up. And he leaves yeah. him and he just kind of, like, you know, puts his head down a little and starts to, like, do some meditation at the table. Yeah, there in the bar. Mm-hmm. He's thinking about it and says to himself, keep it together, you're using her, yes, but you're not doing anything she doesn't want. And you know... When it comes down to it, she's going to want to kill Dooku. So he's starting to have fucking mixed feelings, it seems, about the mission and what he's doing to Ventress. Using her for, for the Jedi's purposes and without her knowing what she's doing, like manipulating her into doing something for them. Yeah. After, after he's gotten to actually kind of like her and she saved his life on, on their hunts and stuff, so he feels like he owes her and... You know, he, he's starting to not like the fact that he's he's got to maintain this lie. And he keeps saying it feels like he's doing something wrong. It seems like, you know, he's starting to question the Jedi path. Which, as I said last week, in Episode 3, we know he's still part of the Order, but you can sort of see him straying away, at least for a little while. Right, or at least, at least starting to... Yeah, question their their motive, not their motives, but their. That's kind of what the prequels are about: is the Jedi lose their way and they become not themselves anymore, and that's what ultimately ruins them. Yeah. And so the Clone Wars TV show, there are several times in there where different characters begin to see that, like, hey, this isn't right. What we're this isn't what we should be doing. Yeah. And then even in Episode Three, you start to see Obi Wan starts to see it too, and he's like. Something's not right here. Somebody's something's manipulating us, and, and and there's some we're being played. Like, why are we acting like this? All mm-hmm. these decisions we've made that are so wrong, we've been maneuvered into making these decisions, into going so far that we need to get back to square one, or something's going to happen. And then, as we see, something happens. Yeah, it's too late. Once once their heads all the way in the noose, they don't even they don't even see it until it's too late. Yeah, and. He's starting to go down that path we've seen a few other Jedi take where, you know, they're supposed to be non-committal to relationships and shit. Mm-hmm. You can sort of see him going down that path, and that makes me wonder if maybe that's why he's starting to have this 
Crisis of Faith with, you know, the tenets of the Jedi Order, too, you know? He's starting to get a little bit of an attachment to her. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Because, as we said, he's really starting to think about what he's doing to Ventress, and and he's apparently forgetting about all the horrendous shit she'd done in the past. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even if she has turned over a new leaf, he seems to be forgetting all the shit she's done because he's really worrying about, you know, what he's doing to her. And I guess, yeah, a Jedi should worry about fucking people like that. But, I mean, how many times has he done it before working undercover on the black market? He's fucked people over, you know, he had to have fucked people over tons of times. What's different about this time? And then we cut back to Ventress and learn that she's set up a meeting with the Pikes, which, the Pikes, weren't those the long-necked fuckers with the flat faces? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they're like with a... the little tiny baby faces and Yeah, shit? they're like a, a big crime syndicate, basically. Yeah. They, they control Spice, or they're like Spice runners, or Spice uh, dealers. Yeah, I'm trying to think, did they, I think they had, um, I think they had something to do with, um, Sifo-Dyas. Yeah. Didn't they? Weren't they involved uh, in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, fuck. Let me. They were holding him. They were holding this. him prisoner. I think Dooku had them holding Sifo-Dyas prisoner. Yeah, I think they were supposed to kill him, but they just. They kept him as an insurance held him policy. Hostage yeah. And he kind of went nuts. Right. And that was in one of the lost missions. Uh, the season, yeah. season six of the Clone Wars, right? The partial season. And then they were previously in their. When, um, in season five, when Maul was setting up his takeover of the underworld to get back at Obi-Wan. Oh, right. The, he, yeah. Where he lined up the Mandalorians, the Pikes, Black Sun, and didn't he get the Huts in line, too? Yeah, it could be. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, the Pikes... The Pikes have a lot of history. Yeah, the Pikes are a big deal. They're a big crime family, like the Black Sun and the Huts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so she, she lines up a job with them. I guess they're one of the leaders of one of their fa- I guess there's lots of different factions within the Pikes and yeah. uh, this is like there were different uh, mafia families I guess there's different families within the Pike syndicate or organization so they've lined up a job with one of the leaders of with the leader of one of the families they get to the planet and Marg Krim is that his name is that the leader the yeah yeah Mark yeah Mark Krim yeah his little major domo fife he meets Ventress on the uh, landing pad, and apparently Ventress has had dealings with this dude and the Pikes as a whole a few times. And Fife is surprised to see that Ventress has a partner now. Yeah, at first he's a little like, "Who the hell is this?" And then, then after that, it was almost kind of like he was. It was almost funny to him that like this is your partner. <laughs> Since yeah. when do you have a partner? She kind of tries to explain away Voss real quick so they don't get suspicious because apparently even though she's worked with other hunters before, she's known to work alone, as she made clear before. Mm -hmm. She explains Voss away and they kind of buy it or, you know, let it slide. And this dude's Fife starts explaining to her what the problem is, which is the Black Sun's been trying to move in on Pike in on the Pike's game, the Pike leader, I think, again, is Marg Krim. His family has been kidnapped. His mate and his two younglings have been captured by Black Sun enforcers or whatever mm-hmm. and taken to Mustafar. Which, yeah, there's a fucking which, 
bad place to have to go. No shit. And it's like, holy fuck. What seemed like just the throwaway awesome planet from episode three, they've really fucking made that mean something, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, if you count, I'm sure you're counting Rebels. Mustafar factors in in kind of a big way in a couple places. Oh, does it? Yeah, and I guess Clone Wars, too. Clone Wars has a lot of Mustafar shit on it, too. Yeah, I was just talking about Clone Wars. I didn't know they'd went there in Rebels. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think they go to the surface, but they go... They do go to uh, go to Mustafar. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently that's kind of like um, Vader's base. Like, that's where he hangs out. Is this in Season 2? Yeah. Okay. So I was going to say, when I was writing my uh, that Star Wars thing I did for my YouTube channel, you kept saying you thought Mustafar was uh, Vader or Sidious's base, and I was going to say, you knew that back then and you didn't fucking tell me? <laughs> But it was a good guess. Yeah. They, I don't think they ever come out and write, just say it, but that it sounds like that's, you know, that's kind of the way it is. It, I mean, it would kind of make sense because... I think I think Ahsoka says, uh, or somebody somebody says that it's either Ahsoka or um, Kanan say that when Ezra's like, what's what's Mustafar? Where's, what's the matter with that planet or something like that? And she's like, well, it's, it's where Jedi go to die. And wasn't that... Where, uh, when Sidious was kidnapping the babies yeah. and shit? Yeah, that's where, he, that had where his, he took them? Yeah, that's where he had his little kidnapped Jedi baby nursery. That's what I thought. Yep, and that's where he hid the Separatist leaders in Episode 3, obviously. And so yep. there's, like, yeah. there's, like, lots of... History. Yeah, lots of uh, shit going on there. So, yeah, and here we get to see, you know, yet another fucking... Yeah, and, they, and I, I think they even say it in one one of the lines in this chapter is, like, if you want to hide somebody or make somebody disappear, you take them to Mustafar. So there must be all kinds of criminal shit going on on that planet. The Pike leader lays out what happened, who took his family and where they can find him and all that shit. And the Pikes are supposed to be apparently these cold fucking mobsters, as you said. And chapter 9 ends with Krim, the, again, the head of the Pikes, or, you know, head of this sect of the Pikes. Kind of laying it out on the line in a sort of not-so-cold-and-heartless way, whispering and shit, and getting all kind of emotional and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Asking them to bring home his family. And then it says he added in a whisper, please, showing a little bit of weakness, I guess. Well, yeah, and like the whole time he's smoking a hookah and getting high as fuck. Because, because he can't deal with it. Yeah, well, that's what the Pikes do anyway. Is this the same fucking dude we saw on Clone Wars when Maul was getting everybody in line? Mm, I don't maybe. Because if it is, Maul would have been in charge at this point, right? Mm. Because isn't that how season five ended with Maul taking over the Mandalorians with the Darksaber and shit? Mm. Or Death Watch, I should say. Yeah, but he got removed from power pretty quick. Who did? Maul. So he wouldn't have been in charge. Yeah. Remember Sidious got him. I thought they... Oh, yeah. Sidious Sidious came and collected his ass and put him in storage. Okay, yeah. And then you don't see him again until he turns up in Rebels. Spoilers. Yeah. God damn. How could I fucking forget that, man? I don't know. Son of a bitch. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? That was a pretty epic, like, five minutes of television. Mm Mm-hmm. That's where, again, spoilers... Fucking Savage gets dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, 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 I remember now. Yeah, he comes in and cleans fucking house. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I guess the Pikes are on their own again. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, fuck. Blew that to hell, didn't it? Mm-hmm. So then Chapter 10 starts with them um, getting ready to go to Mustafar to try to break out, break his family out of wherever they're holding them, wherever Black Sun's holding them. And this is where um, Ventress has some time alone, too, and she's kind of thinking about that job she pulled with Boba Fett where... The train job. Yeah, where she had, where she was supposed to deliver that girl to this creepo as her as his bride, but once she found yeah. out what what the deal was, like she did not allow that to happen. She actually set that girl for, took that girl back to her family and replaced her with Boba Fett, locked Boba Fett in the in the crate that they were supposed to deliver. So when the guy opened it, it was fucking Boba Fett all tied up. Which you know reminds us why. Boba Fett has he doesn't such a like fucking, her. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. got such a hard-on for Ventress. Mm-hmm. Add to that the fact that she keeps stealing jobs from him, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure stealing jobs doesn't make him too happy, but getting locked up and, you know, getting traded as a fucking... A sex slave? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that pisses him off more. Probably. Oh, we... We fucking passed over one of the huge developments in Chapter 9. What was that? At one point, she's laying out the whole, we're going to go see the Pikes thing. Voss says to Ventress, it's a barrel of laughs being your partner. And she says, no one says you need to stick around. And he tells her, ah, but you'd miss me. You know you would. She didn't reply. Only arched a brow, but she had to admit, if only to herself, he was right. Yep, see? So yeah, they're getting real close to him fucking putting it in. I'm telling you. I know, I can see it coming, I'm not that <laughs> fucking blind. But yeah, I I wrote that down because I meant to talk about that. Because that is, that's a huge fucking development. Yeah, yep, she's finally not only accepted him, but she's like, you know, I don't want him to leave. Yeah, and we see that it's not only him that's fucking... Starting to get in the mood for the melody, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love an old fucking rock reference. <laughs> uh, so, anywho, they're, they're kind of having a bit of a little lover's quarrel. And uh, she tells him to shut up and put in the coordinates to Mustafar. Well, when they get to Mustafar, like, the first thing they do is look for the nearest bar. Because they're, they're trying to uh, find some of the Black Sun guys. Fedris is going to try to use her uh, full gambit sexy routine on one of them to get him alone. Yeah. And then uh, they'll use him to get to get into whatever, or to find out where they're holding the, the Pike guy's family. Which, I mean, that in and of itself is interesting because we actually get the, we get a new fucking take on Mustafar. Yeah, it's not just, I mean, it is just a lava planet, but, you know, there's like actually, they actually land at a mining town. So it's not just the... Um, it's not just the lava rivers we saw. Yeah. And that's it. And the factory you with the... You actually get to yeah. see, like, the lives of those fuckers that were there in the middle of the fight between Obi-Wan and Anakin. You actually get to see a little bit of how they live on this planet. Yeah. It's basically like a depressing uh, coal mine town. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, the job sounds like it sucks. Oh, no shit. But I was surprised. Ain't no way in hell I'd want to do that. Yeah, I was surprised though that it was like workers from like all over, like species races from all over the place, like not just yeah, 
not just the Mustafar people, but like there were people from all over that came there to work. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting to see that, you know, other species can hold up to the heat. Mm-hmm. But it, it says here that the most the locals uh wear breathing masks when they're near the lava so they don't get fucking knocked on their asses by the from the fumes, yeah. Fumes and shit. And that kind of makes them stick out because they decide not to wear masks when they go into town. And they rent these giant fucking fleas. Yeah, Holy lava shit. fleas. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And it's another case of, God damn, I wish these were, these were episodes because I'd love to see what they look like. Yeah, what does a lava flea look like? Uh-huh. It's like back in the old days, any creature they talked about in a book, like they did these essential guides where they put all of these characters and species in it, or at least most of them. Mm-hmm. So you could go look at those essential guides and see what these fucked up critters looked like. I don't know if they've done anything like that so far for the new continuity. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure. I miss that type of shit. Yeah, I don't think they must have because half the stuff that I've looked up in this book that's, that was made for this book, there's no no supporting images online. So, mm-hmm. And you know, if these were episodes, they had to have at least had concept art. Oh, good point. Well, but maybe not. Who knows how, you know, who knows how far along they, I mean, they could have the script way before they did any kind of, I mean, they must have the script before they do any concept art. So they might've had that, that script yeah, done I mean, and on the on. shelf. Eight finished scripts. You're not working on concept art yet. Mm, yeah. Especially for these first two episodes, you know? Yeah, true. You would, you would think that they and, would have something. And even not, just fucking have somebody, Filoni or one of the other designers on the show, tell them to take five seconds away from Rebels and work on a book like this. Because that's, with like episode seven and all the new shit they introduced in that too, there's a lot of new creatures you can fucking show off, you know? Mm-hmm. And give us more information on. Because like I said, that essential guide... That in the old Star Wars Atlas, which I read recently, they're actually going to be putting out a new Atlas. When I read those old continuity books, I keep those right on hand. So if, you know, there's some kind of creature or they mention a planet, I can look it up and I can better visualize it, you know? Yeah. Visual aids, if you will. Yeah. I'd love for them to do something like that for the new canon. Because there are so many fucking designs in that old essential aliens and creatures guide Mm -hmm. that would be good to bring into the new canon like i mean there were some creatures that were like raptors they look like dinosaurs you can throw that away but some of the other ones like i said before the nelvins and whatnot giant wolves Mm -hmm. from the um micro series bring them back they looked cool but anyway Lava fleas. They rent some of those and... Yeah, they head off to that bar. Ride them into town. Yeah. Which, that's got a western feel to it, don't it? Yeah, it did when they were, like, renting, like, beasts to ride. You know, they hopped off to town. Mm Mm-hmm. Two strangers ride into an unfamiliar town and stir shit. Yeah, and I'm sure that's exactly how they would have played it on the show, too. Yeah. It would have been just, like, a a western-y type setting. So, they get into the bar and they find the black sun 
jerk offs, mm -hmm. and Ventress gets to work with her ugh, sexiness. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't take much to get this guy's popping a rod either. <laughs> or one of my new favorite phrases that I picked up from you <laughs> doesn't take long for his turkey timer to go off. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, he's re he's hot and ready to go. So, I thought this was kind of fucked up, man. He she like takes him to the bathroom. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Wasn't it in the bathroom? Because I wasn't <laughs> yeah. exactly sure. She's like, "Hey, let's get out of here," and so he goes with her. She takes him to the fucking bathroom, like they're gonna fuck in the bathroom or something. It was weird. I know, it was, it's it was like, really weird. I was like, oh, "That's it's strange." It makes her come off so trashy and cheap. Well, yeah, but I mean, just. That situation in a Star Wars show or book or whatever, I it's know. like that's fucked up. Like they're, <laughs> that's fucked up. But anyway, it doesn't. It doesn't get to that. Awesome to see. Yeah, it doesn't get to that though, because as soon as they get into the bathroom, Foss is waiting for him, and he fucking knocks his ass out. No, uh -huh. and didn't I'm not sure, but at one point, didn't he fucking knee the dude in the nuts, or was? Uh... Oh no, I guess he kicked him in the knee. Yeah, he kicked his. Busted his knee and then they got him on the ground and basically tortured him. Or he got him in some kind of pressure point jujitsu hold and was like going to pop his shoulder out or something. He was like yeah. le leaning on his shoulder and, you know, torturing him to make him talk. Tell him where they were hiding the, the hostages. Yeah. Again, Ventress, she's ugh, being a little too fucking... Even when, you know, they've got the dude on the floor... The greasy, piss-covered floor, she's still being all sexy and shit. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God, no. But, yeah, they ask where the hostages are and find out they're in a main house that didn't they see on their ride into town? Probably, yeah. And he lets them know where they're at, and you, you really see in this whole, hey, let's take the dude to the bathroom and beat the shit out of him, that these two are, at this point, a well-oiled machine. Yeah, their plan worked perfectly. Like, yeah, she set him up and Voss knocked him down. Uh-huh. The dude's not wanting to say, you know, give all the details on it, so she pops out her lightsaber and puts it up against his head or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he finally breaks down and lets him know exactly where in the house they are and how many guards there are. Mm-hmm. Before she fucking pops him into mush and... Knocks him out. And then we see right here, Voss's influence on Ventress. Yeah, because she was planning to kill him, and Voss talked her out of it. Because he convinced her that they didn't want to have the Black Sun after them for a murder. Which and it's like, you know thinking. that's not exactly why. Well, no, but, but it's, still, it's good thinking. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, that still wouldn't have been excuse. a good thing. Oh, no, 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 not at all. But yeah, it's perfect excuse to be like, hey, let's not kill him, honey. Mm-hmm. And then fucking Voss starts, you know, licking her snatch a bit. Not literally. <laughs> Not yet. When he's... Yeah. <laughs> he says, don't worry, he won't be waking up anytime soon from one of your trademark punches. Uh, because aren't they kind of worried that maybe this fuckhead would, you know, well, yeah, if get he, to the house before them yeah, or something? Yeah, if he, if he wakes up before they're done, then... You know, they, he could set set off the alarm, of course. Yeah. They got to be quick about this rescue. And then it says, after he says that, she couldn't help it, and she smiles. And it's like, 
oh yeah, you could see it coming now. Before they're coming, you mm-hmm. could see it coming. Mm-hmm. And that wraps up chapter ten. Yep. So they're they're on their way to infiltrate the fortress. Yeah. Which that should be fun and actiony. Yeah. I, I yeah, I expect it will be. So how you feeling about chapter ten and the book as a whole at this point? I like it's still good. Still holding my interest. I think I think it's good. I think it would have clearly it was written for the screen, written as a, a yeah. TV show. But I think she's doing a good job adapting it into a novel. Yeah. Um, like you said, I would I would have preferred to see these as a television episode, but it works good. I mean, you can it, it feels it feels episodic so far. It kind of does yeah. feel a little episodic. But it's know. it's still. Hard to tell where the breaks are. You oh know? yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's, you can't really tell where the breaks are, but it's like the the story points so far are, you know. Yeah, it's smooth. Yeah. And yeah, she she is she's doing a great job so far of making it all seem natural. Yeah. I guess is the right word. Yeah. Well, and like you and, said, I think yeah. we, I think we talked about this in an earlier episode too, but you said that it's possible that, that these eight episodes, and it's probably likely since there's so many episodes, they probably didn't intend them to, to all air in a row. Yeah. So it was probably like three or four episodes, and then some other Clone Wars shit would happen, and then later in the season, or possibly the season after that, then they would do some more of these scripts. So Yeah, that'll be interesting to see later on, exactly, mm-hmm. because I don't think that they... If they were going to break it up, which is what I think, I don't think that it would be like they go on the mission to kill Dooku, they get distracted on this whole Pike thing, and then the arc ends, and then they pick up the arc later where they're going after Dooku again. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see her bridge the gap. I wonder if, you know, I wonder if she wrote any original stuff to to fill in the blanks. But it's, it would seem weird for them to take a break like that on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess, I guess so, because since... Because they yeah. never really did that. It was usually arcs, and then, you know, later on down the line, they would refer to the arcs from before. But they would never do an arc, do different episodes to distract for a little while, or, you know, tell another story, and then get back to an arc. Yeah, although the Zero the Hut thing kind of was. Like, um, you know, he gets... He gets uh, caught for for kidnapping Jabba's son in the Clone Wars theatrical True. movie, and then you don't really see anything about him for a season or so. Or well, actually, they was it was it the last episode of the first season? Um, well, it didn't yeah? Uh, I guess they did sort of do it with Maul too, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They, they'll they'll let some other stuff happen and they'll come back. And it's not it's not necessarily. Well, that's why I think these these scripts weren't necessarily the same arc. You know, there are several arcs, so yeah. so I could see where they could break it up. But it is kind of weird that the overall or the overarching plot is they're trying to kill Dooku. Yeah. So it would, it would be kind of weird. Because... Yeah, it would, could be kind of weird to start it off with here we're sending you to kill Dooku and then he never kills Dooku. Like yeah. the, the arc ends and then there's like a bunch of other shit happens completely unrelated yeah, to this and, and then they come back to like it the other shit we the other shit we talked about like with zero and mall mm-hmm. that that didn't have like a main theme to it like you know let's kill dooku right so yeah that would 
and you know that happened over many seasons both of those arcs maul and zero so as you said maybe the next season they do this that would be kind of strange to let's kill dooku you do four episodes and then you take a break and next season you come back and be like hey let's still kill dooku Mm -hmm. it's gonna be fucking interesting i'm still really 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 interested can't wait to see where it goes you know yeah me too anything else we need to talk about one of us should probably try to watch those Pike episodes. Yeah. Uh, which arc are you wanting to try to watch? Um, I'm, I don't the know. The Cyphodeus or the Maul arc? Um, I don't know. Maybe the maybe the Cyphodeus arc because for some reason I have a feeling that that's going to play in here somehow because Dooku really okay. fucked the Pikes over at the end of that arc. Yeah. So, I don't know. It seems like the pikes would be an in, is there almost seems like that's a purposeful choice that that's that they're involved in this when they're also involved with Dooku. So yeah, I would that, say I would say if you watch any of them, I would watch that one. Are you going to try to watch them too, or are you just going to put that on me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't promise anything, but I mean, I intended to watch well, the other arcs too, but I didn't get around to it. Well, that that episode with um, Voss, that's. One episode of an arc. Yeah, yeah, right. In season three, if anybody wants to watch that like I did. Which, I guess I'll try to read that Pike arc for next week. And I'm going to try to read this... uh, Oh, yeah, those short uh, stories. Yeah, the short story in the back of my paperback that I talked about last week. I'll have to try to see if I can find that online. I'll bet somebody's put it up. Since we've talked about it last week and this week, let's... Let me just give everybody the title, because I don't think I did that. It's uh, Kindred Spirits by Christy Golden, and it was originally published in Star Wars Insider number 159. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Right. So, yeah, so it's it's almost got to be online somewhere. Do they post those short stories online, or do you know? I think they do. I think think it's on StarWars.com, probably. Oh, really? I think. Well, if you find that, send me a link. Okay. Because right when I quit getting an insider is when they started putting short stories in it again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I would love to be able to keep up with those. Yeah, and they're all canon. They're all new canon, uh-huh. all those short stories, which that's, I thought was that's actually up. where the first. That's actually where the first uh, new canon story was with yeah. an insider. Yep. Because I think one month they had the last story of the old canon, and then the next month they had the first story of the new canon. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. And I don't know if they do it every month, or I should say every issue, or if it's every other issue or what, but no matter what, it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Now let's get to our thank yous. First of all, always thanks go to at the J Sarge for the intro that we use for both this and the main show. I mean, we're like, what, almost 20 times we've used it now? Still fucking works, man. Yeah. This hasn't gotten old yet. Nope. Um, he's got a podcast again. Can't forget that. Jeff knows nothing. Jeff with one F, right? Right. One F. Uh, <laughs> it's on SoundCloud or again, I think it's, um, on, I think he's got a site for it. Jeff knows nothing.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. Again, Jeff with one F. Yeah. And if you haven't listened to it, it's pretty good. Yeah. He's got he's got a pretty cool uh, gimmick 
which is just, you know, somebody sends in a question. Yeah, he takes user-submitted questions, and he has his daughter pick one. He doesn't know what it's going to be, and she asks him the question, and he has to, like, come up with some bullshit explanation or answer to the question. And then, again, for our logo, thanks go to at Sherry Says. Yep. It's fucking pretty cool. Yeah. Right now you can get it on merchandise at redbubble.com. So, yeah, thanks to Sherry for that. And then thanks to the two ladies that are really ladies who uh, helped with the intro at Batcat37 and at TESD Groupie. Until next week. Bookmark it. This has been a feature of JJ2E Media and TSDJA Productions.